Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Teach, thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the presence of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles take place as we teach the word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All right. Um, this morning, grateful for the opportunity by spiritual father to share God's word with you. And I'm believing that you would receive something that would help you in the year that we're about to enter into. Can everyone hear me? All right. I, I, I want to share something I called the new year, the new you. The new year, the new you. And every time we get to this time of the year, people are very excited about getting into the new year. And one of the things is, people, for some reasons, just feel the year will be better. <laughs> they just feel like that. You know, when you ask them, how do you know? You say, I just know. <laughs> how will the year be better? They just feel it will be better. And it's, it's okay to feel that way. But what you realize is after the year starts going, after April, going down to May, then people realize that this is looking like 1999 again. Right? They've got the same experiences. Uh, they're having the same challenges. They're not able to break through to a certain level. And why is it that way? Why is it that way? It's sometimes... It's because people physically enter a new year, but they aren't new people. They've got the same old habits. They've got the same old character. They've got the same old lifestyle. And they expect the year to be better. So this morning, I'll share with you on three Sets three things you need that can help you to really experience a new year. But I'd like us to start from Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 3, one of my favorite scriptures. I don't know if I read it here before, but in our local church, it's a scripture that we... And don't forget this scripture. Proverbs 19 verse 3. Look at it. The foolishness of a man ruins his way. The foolishness of a man ruins his way. And his heart rages against the Lord. Can we read the New Living Translation and then we'll come back here. Proverbs 19 and verse 3. I like the New Living Translation. Can we, can we see it? Can everybody see it? Talk to me. Can we all see it? Can we all read it together? You know you have to do a lot of talking when I'm teaching. Alright? Can, can we read it together? One, two, go. 
People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then are angry at the Lord. Think about it. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then are angry at the Lord. Can we read the message translation? Can we read it? Want to go again. I want you to read it so you don't forget it. Want to go again. Let's read. Want to go. People ruin their lives by their own stupidity. So why does God always get blamed? Next year, you're going to blame God again. And meanwhile, it's your own actions. Three people always get blamed why some people are not succeeding. Number one is God. You know, a lot of us actually think that if God created us in America, ah, you know, have you heard people say that? If people were to choose where they are to come from, I will not come from Nigeria. <laughs> there are actually homeless people in America. Very homeless. And that homelessness is worse because they have winter. You know, if you are homeless here, Hamatan will not kill you. Are you blaming God for your life? Are you blaming God for how your life turned out or how your life is turning out? Are you going to blame God next year? Is God giving you another year to blame him? Number two, people blame other human beings. Right? They blame their uncle. They blame their elder brother. I don't know if my brothers and sisters are blaming me, but we always find someone to blame why our life is the way it is. Some of you actually feel if it was this man that gave birth to me, my life would be this way. Some blame their husbands. If I had married another wife, my life would have been this way. And like I usually said, you were the one that brought the person to us that you have found the love of your life. People blame other human beings. Thirdly, people blame the devil. So the three things people blame for their lives, praise God, going the way, take it back to the New American Standard Bible, the three things people blame for their lives going wrong is who? Number one is who? God. Number two is who? All the human beings, their wives, their uncle, the president, the governor, senator. Number three, who do they blame? The devil. Have you realized that in all of these three people, they never talk about themselves? They never talk about themselves. But who does the Bible say cause their own lives to come into ruin? The foolishness of a man. Your life will begin to take a different turn when you start looking at yourself. Why is my life this way? Why am I struggling? I'm very talented. Why are my talents not being able to produce maximum results? 
You can choose to blame God. You know, sometimes people say, oh, God is not fair. Why is my life like this? And you watch other people in the same environment. They are riding on the wings of grace. Why are they riding on the wings of grace? So if the new year would actually be a new year for you, it has to start with a new you. Look at yourself in the mirror. Tell yourself the truth. Going into 2023, what is going to be different? As a minister of the gospel, I have to look at my church. Tell myself the truth. Look at uh, the teaching meetings I have. Look at the doors that God is opening. People, the foolishness of a man ruins his way and his heart rages against the Lord. He blames God. People ruin their lives with their own stupidity and they turn around and they blame God. You don't have all your life to make mistakes. You don't have all your life to make mistakes. God will give us the gift of a new year and what we'll do with it will determine how our life will end up. Write these words down. Personal responsibility is the key to progress. Write it down. Personal responsibility is the key to progress. A man that must make progress, a man that will make progress, is a man that have assumed personal responsibility for his life. I don't have enough finances. What role is my life playing in not having enough finances? Don't look too far. Don't look too far. Hallelujah. Don't look too far. What progress can I make in the year ahead? It will start with you. If not, the year you are entering will be a repetition of previous years. So you have to take a very critical look at your life. Don't blame anything on the outside. Don't blame God. Don't blame others. Don't blame the devil. Because God has given you authority over the devil. God has given you the wisdom to choose your friends, to choose people around you. And if no one else in this world chooses to help you, God has placed enough in your spirit to get ahead in life. Why are you the only one who needs help? Why are you not helping others? Have you thought about that? You You needed help five years ago. Six years ago, you needed help. Seven years ago, you needed help. Why is there no progress? So the first thing you want to look at is your heart set. Your heart set. We're looking at three sets you need to um, look at to make progress. Your heart set, your mindset, and your skill set. But I want to deal with your heart set. Your heart. Your heart 
is the engine room of your life as a Christian. And uh, Dad just did a series on overcoming the roots of bitterness. And how many of you listen to that series? Not just listen to it, but leave it. Some people cannot make progress because they are unnecessarily bitter. They are just angry. Some people are actually angry at dead people. People who have died. Say, where I am now is my great-grandfather that caused it. He said, where is he? He said, he died 10 years ago. And they are still bitter. Oh, my wife put me in these conditions. Oh, no. Bitterness in your heart would never take you far. It will always bring you to the past. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor that word clamor there is strife and slander be put away from you along with all malice. You see that scripture right there? Those words there, right? Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. Those six things there can dwell in the heart of one man. And you can make progress with all those things in your heart. Let bitterness go. You know, people are just bitter over nothing. Just angry. Full of malice. Strife. Slander. Spends your whole, your hobby is to talk about people. Why other people's hobbies, building businesses, writing books, swimming, developing computer games. You is to run commentary on other people's life. It's amazing how we know how well people should live their lives and we aren't living our own so well. We know what somebody should do to have a great marriage and our marriage is in mess. We know what somebody should do to be really successful and we're failing. If you know that much, just leave it. Other people will be inspired by your example. Let your heart, don't get into next year with bitterness in your heart, with clamor in your heart, with slander, with malice. And daddy has done a good series on bitterness. Listen to that again. Let your heart be tender before the Lord. The Lord cannot guide you with all these things in our hearts. Are you following this? Come on, I said, are you following this? With all these in our hearts, we cannot have a new year. We carry the same old problems into the new year. Endeavor to free your heart. The one who lives in unforgiveness, it's putting himself in prison. Let there be no malice. You know, I've even, which is quite interesting, I've even heard of couples who don't talk to themselves for some time. In the same house. 
and they are using WhatsApp. And then the wife say, check your WhatsApp. <laughs> and the husband say, I've replied. Where do you want to go with that? There are people in your life you don't talk to. There are people in your life, no. I mean, there can be boundaries around your life, but if you're carrying hatred, malice, anger, and all of this in your heart, you will not experience a new year. You're not doing anybody favor by carrying these things in your heart. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. Read your heart of all these baggages. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Just simple stuff I want to share with you today and I'm hoping that it will help you. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 12 and verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Don't come short of the grace of God. There's a semicolon there. That no root of bitterness spring up causes trouble. And by it many be defiled. He says don't come short of the grace of God. Allow the grace of God walk in your heart. By letting off go bitterness. See, child of God, bitterness will stop us from experiencing the full manifestation of the grace of God. And that's not what you need going into a new year. Say, see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God. Ensure, endeavor, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by it, many are what? Defiled. Even in medical sciences, they will tell you that these emotions are destructive to your body. Emotions of anger, of rage, are destructive to your body. Not to talk of us that are believers. Listen to me. Get to work in your heart. Huh? Get to work in your heart. You know, some of those things we say that... Uh, you know, I just want to mind myself. You know, day your day, I day my day. You know, all those stuff that you, you, it looks okay, but it's just what? Malice, strife, and from there, bitterness comes on, and your heart is clogged. You see an individual, and your heart is just stunning. Your stomach is stunning. There's so much hatred. So much anger. So much bitterness. You don't need it going into the new year. Will people offend you? Yes. But you choose the highway of love. You choose the highway of forgiveness. It's the most excellent way. You choose that way. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you still here? So you make your heart tender. You make your heart prompt to obey the voice of God. You make your heart prompt to obey the voice of God. Let your heart not be hardened. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 8. Let your heart not be hardened. 
Have a tender heart. Hebrews 3.8 Do not harden your hearts as when they provoke me as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Don't harden your heart. Don't make your heart so strong that God cannot penetrate. If you hear a message that is corrective, receive that correction. If you read something in the word of God that speaks against what you're doing, receive that. Don't develop a hardened heart. Don't have a callous heart that cannot respond to instruction. You know, messages like these are to make yourself introspect. You look at yourself again. Where are you hardened? What instruction is God giving to you that you're not listening to? And you see, because of the hardness of heart, they did not enter into the miracle, uh, the miraculous land that God has provided for them. These things will stop you from entering the blessings and the promises and the grace of God. Let me tell you, child of God, in this life, you will need the grace of God. Right? Everything you're doing in this life, somebody else is doing it. If you are a seamstress, you are a fashion designer, there are many fashion designers. Even if you are a pastor, there are many pastors. Are you following what I'm saying? You will need the grace of God. And having hardness of heart will shorten the grace of God. It will cut you short from the grace of God. It will cut you short from that supply of grace. So you open your heart, you're prompt to respond to God. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23. Make your heart a fertile ground for the word. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23. Matthew 13, 23. Make your heart a fertile ground for the word. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and bring forth some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Seek your heart to understand the word of God. Make your heart a fruitful ground for the word. See, take this Bible again. Fall in love with it again. Read the word of God again. Don't let your Christianity be the fact that you just come to church, just see that. Good message, great message. Our pastor can preach. Don't do that. Let your heart understand the teachings. Take out time and study the word of God. Feed your heart with God's word. God's word is food for your spirit. Don't get into next year with a lean spirit. Praise God. You know, I realize as I travel to preach many times that your spiritual capacity determines a lot of things that happen to you. And this thing called greatness or success is just about developing yourself enough to the point where you're a blessing to many people. That's just what it is. You know, sometimes I travel out and I preach messages and sometimes the messages I'm preaching in those nations are the same messages I've taught in our local church. The same thing. Probably not changing the content. You might not need to do anything more 
You just need the grace of God to expose what you're doing to more people. And what that means is you don't allow bitterness and all of those things in your heart. Make your heart fruitful for the world. Don't live by the example of the world. See, there are many Christians who are carnal in their way of thinking. So it's how the world is doing things that they do things. It's how the world reacts to things that they do things. The wisdom of this world does not take us very far. Lean on the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Lean on the wisdom of God. Make your heart fertile for the word. When the word is coming, be open. And say, I receive the word. I'm hearing what God is saying to me. I'm renewing my mind, praise God, according to the word. They taught on bitterness in church. I have someone I'm bitter against. Father, in the name of Jesus, I let that go. I'm acting on the word. You make your heart fertile for the word. You don't try to give a reason. Eh, you people are teaching because you don't understand. If you really hear my side of the story, your side of the story is not as important as what God is telling us to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, what you feel is not as important as what God is telling you to do. We cannot make progress holding our own views. We can only make progress when we hold the views of God's word. Can you say amen? The next thing is your mindset. We've talked about your heart set. The next thing is your mindset. Your mindset. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2, popular verse of scripture. Romans 12, 1 to 2. It says, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Two, do not be confirmed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Renew your mind. Your mindset. I told the folks in our local church, I said, while they're in our upcoming elections, I I had to warn them. And I had to warn them because of one thing I realized. And I told them, if you put your hope on a particular person, that if this person becomes president, then the nation will be better. And that person does not win. You might set yourself up for a limited life for the next four years. So while in the natural, we make choices, political choices, you must realize that whoever becomes a leader, ultimately, It is what you make of your life that will become your life. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, outside of Jesus Christ, our Savior, there's no other Savior anymore. And we must be careful of that as Christians. You can have your choice of candidate, that's beautiful. You can have who you think is the best fit, that's beautiful. But come May 29th, whoever is sworn in, you make up your mind that you will still live a good life. You just decide that. If not for the next four years, all you'll be doing is grumbling and complaining when people are making progress. Your mindsets. 
What do you see about the year you are entering into? How, how much of your mind is involved? Renew your mind. Change your mind about things. Praise God. You know people, and I've, and I've, I've heard people say that all the time, which sometimes can be very funny. People would say, well, you have money because you are here. And I, and I tell them, where I am, there are poor people. I will travel to other nations that are poorer and God in his own mercies still make resources available. It's not a function of where you are. It's your mindset. Renew your mind. Change your mind. You know, when I started church, we had some couple of people who, come, who were coming around. They didn't have a lot of resources. And when they are contributing in the Bible study, they will say, you know, uh, as poor people, I had to stop them. You remember those early days? I had to stop and say, don't say that. Don't say that. And over the years, we began to teach them. Over the years, we began to renew their mind. Now, those same people are of a blessing to us. Change your mind. Worry is tough. Okay, where is not tough? Are you you hearing what I'm saying? Renew your mind. Don't enter into next year with this old mind. Some of you are just busy studying dollar exchange rates. That's what you read every evening. How much now? 850. Worry. How much now? 760. What has that got to do with whatever you're doing? You don't work in, in, in Forex Biru, but you are always eyeing the dollar. I, if you would fix your mind on the word of God, you see, let me tell you, no matter how things get worse, there are people who are making progress. Listen to me. Listen to We are all not suffering. Uh, just be, you know, when you are describing suffering, Lord, people, you are, we are all not suffering. I remember I was in Abuja and had a meeting there and they increased the flight fares then. So one of my friends now reached out. He said, ah, this one, that flight has gone up. How are we going to be flying? I said, who, who, who are we? And, and do you understand that? Do you realize it never crossed my mind that because the flight has gone up, it will limit flying. You know, it really never crossed my mind. I just felt, well, it's an increase of every other thing. He hasn't flown since that increase came up. Your what is your mindset? You see, the Israelite says, can God prepare a table for us in the wilderness? That made God angry. Can God? They question the authority of God. They question the ability of God. Change your mindset. And listen to me, changing your mindset does not come by one message. You have to go to work on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
You have to renew your mind. Listen, I'm teaching you a very practical message this morning. You have to go to work on your mind. Those things that look too big for your mind, you have to find a way to stretch your mind to receive them. Do you remember what Genesis 11 says? They imagined that they are going to build a tower up to God. You know what? God had to scatter that plan themselves. Why? They would have done it. They would have done it. Setting, you must take certain actions next year to expand your mind. Even me personally, I'm doing that. I'm renewing my mind. I'm, renew, I'm trusting God. I'm renewing my mind. I've realized that a man cannot receive more than his mind can receive. What is impossible for your mind is impossible for your life. Walk on your mind. In Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24, what happened is, you know the story, um, the children of Israel, 12 spies got into the land, right? And some of the, the, the 10 spies came and said, ah, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. Oh, this land eats up its inhabitants. The land eats up its inhabitants and there are people still there. Why hasn't the land eaten up everybody? And in Numbers 14, 24, look at what the Bible says about uh, Joshua and Caleb. But my servant, Caleb, because he had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. Do you have a different spirit going into next year? Look at verse 28. Say to them, as long as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so will I surely do to you. What are you speaking into God's hearing? You want your business to scale? Renew your mind. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Go to work in your mind. Get books. Get materials. Lock yourself up and study. Let your mind produce again. Adjust your mindset. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Go to work. Young people, stop trying to make money quickly. Money is not your problem now. It's your mind. If you've got a fertile mind, money will always look for you. You know, we're in a generation now where every young man just wants to make money quickly. And you see them all over social media, which is very interesting. Snapping in other people's cars. Hmm? <laughs> Snap in very colorful places. The right under who they breed. <laughs> Don't take the shortcuts. It's usually not very short. 
in life, if you're young, don't try to make money very early. Work on your mind. And, and it will go to our next skill. Be rich in your mind. Are you hearing this? Be rich in your mind. I was telling a pastor yesterday we were talking. And I, t- I was telling him, I said, from the month of March, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, from March up until September, there is no month where I'm not preaching outside the nation. There is no month. From March up until September. Fully booked to preach somewhere outside this nation. That is a product of working on my mind over the years. Because if you don't have what to offer, people will not ask you to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What do you have to offer? What's in your mind? What value are you taking into the year we're entering? At this time of the day, how many books have you gotten to expand your mind? You have the luxury of time. Get materials. Get messages that are taught. Feed your mind. Feed your mind. For some of us that you, we're coming from homes, for instance, that our parents don't have so much, your work is even double. You don't have it. You don't have time, right? Some of you, you grew up and your fathers have rich library, so you didn't even buy books to read. Some of you, your father had no library. So you have to <laughs> start, do you understand that? Start the work. Pastor Jerry, I think he's, he, he was here last, was it last year Pastor Jerry was here that taught the Anakazu? You know, Pastor Jerry, it was only diploma his father trained him. Only diploma. Uh, OND. He, did, he, has a B, he has a BSc in marketing, trained himself. He's got a master's in marketing, trained himself. He just finished a master's in theology now, trained himself. What pathetic story do you have that nobody has before? Your father died when you were small. Okay, what else? Oh, your mother did not like you. Uh-huh. Next chapter. What story have you been peddling for the next 10 years, last 10 years, that you still peddle for the next 10 years? Or you look at yourself and you decide, from this day forward, I'll make a mark in my life that cannot be erased. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Choose to renew your mind. We can do the prayers for next year, which is good. We can do the fasting for next year, which is good. We can do the seed sowing for next year, which is good. But if our minds are unrenewed, we will have the same experiences. Mind renewal is tough. It's not easy. Because sometimes mind renewal, especially when you grow up in, a, in, a, in an environment that is, that, you know, 
is a bit deprived of certain things. Some basic things in life will look like a big thing for you. But this is what I realize in life. If you expand your mind into some realms, that realms becomes easy for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's very simple. Stop thinking in your mind. Let me give you a simple example. Stop thinking in your mind that if you use road to Lagos and you fly to Lagos, so far all of us reach Lagos. You see, that thing, that thing, that thing, go and walk on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That thing of when they ask you, where are you now? Say, we day or Where are you? We day Ekboma Bridge. That joy you have from people constantly asking you, where are you? Renew your mind. Do you understand? Now, I'm giving you an example we can all relate to. You see, things like that look like it's okay, but it's not okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it will short change the possibilities of your mind. You might not be there right now, but don't shut your life off from that space by developing a theory that makes you comfortable at the level that you're in. Praise the name of the Lord. Walk on your mind. Walk on your mind. So next year, set some targets to stretch your mind. That business that you have, for some of you here who do business, tell yourself this business will prosper to the point where it can pay my flight to do what I want to do and bring me back. The business can do that. Just, just, just agree first and start building that way. Hmm? Graduate from night boss. Hmm? It's cheaper. But you are not counting the anxiety, the tongues, the prayer point. You collect prayer on Tuesday. You are traveling. Pastor is praying all through the night. Lord, keep him safe. Lord, keep him safe. Father, guide him. Father, let nothing see him. You know, your traveling were not sleeping. It's everybody traveling because you're traveling at night. <laughs> Even though we're not traveling physically, we're also tired in the morning because it's when you call us in the morning that you have arrived. So, oh, well, thank God. Oh, yeah, make I sleep. So, I mean, it's the whole family traveling. It, it, everybody doesn't need to travel with you. We're not witches. We can sleep. But, you know, little things like that. You, are you hearing what I'm saying? They look, I'm giving you practical example. I don't want to make this message very theological. You know, the challenge with that is people will tell you, if you go through the night bus, it is cheaper. You can make more profit. No, that your business should rather grow to where you are going to Lagos. You can go to Osubi and fly to Lagos and come back to your wife the same day and still do the same thing. Do you understand? That is mind renewal. Mind renewal is not bush markets. Don't go that way. Mind renewal is what? Exports. Mind renewal is what? Building a warehouse. Mind renewal is what? I'm going to have a large enough business to employ other people. Can you see what I'm saying? You adjust your mind. And how does this come? Allow the spirit of faith to infuse your heart. Praise the name of the Lord. The last one is your skill set. 
your skill set. So we talk about your heart set, talk about your mindset, and then we're talking about your skill set. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 16. First Samuel 16, verse 16. <laughs> In first Samuel 16, verse 16, something interesting happened. You remember that David had gotten a word that he would be a king. But you know what? What made him to get to the throne was his skill. Please, if you, if you don't have my book, Prosperity and Increase, if you, if you don't have it and you have not read it, just ensure that this year does not end without you reading it. Because some of these things I'm teaching are there. Especially on skillfulness. Many times as Pentecostals, we just expect the grace of God on our lives without corresponding skill. See how David got to the throne. First Samuel 16, 16. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you. Let them seek a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is in you, that he shall play the harp with his hand, and you will be well. Look at verse 17. So said to his servant, provide for me now a man who can play well, and bring him to me. A man, not just a man who can play, a man who can play well. Look at verse 18. Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is what? What kind of musician is he? Come on, everybody. Skillful musician. You have a lot of prophecies on your head, but zero skill. You can't get to the throne. Are you skillful? There are some of us now that have business. There is no business account. Our business is not registered. Hmm? You are still doing business from your account and your purse and your wallet. Yet you are praying. Father, you know like pastor helped us to pray today. Huh? You realize that the net that Peter brought, the net began to break. Go and read that story. We say we have toyed hard all night. God says cast your net. Then the net began to do what? To break. That means that the net they had could not accommodate the miracle. How many of you know that if you're fishing, right, and, it, and the net is breaking, where will the fishes go to? Back to the river. Some of us are like that. The money comes in and it goes back to the river. No structure. What you sell today on your way, you buy malt. You buy meat pie. No structure. No structure. Zero skill. You sew a shirt for someone, the person wears it, and, and the other person is confused. Is this blouse or what is this? He says it's booba. Say what kind of you know because I mean you took somebody's measurements as an adult, you took somebody's measurement, you wrote the numbers down, and the person is still struggling. To fit into the shirt. They now say you should go and adjust it. You now add two feet more. There's no precision in what you do. No precision. Not skillful. 
I've even realized that even as a preacher, you must know how to skillfully do what? Teach the word of God. If not, you can just be talking and you're talking to yourself. What? Are you improving your skills? Whatever you do, you are in photography, you are in media, you are uh, a teacher. Are you so good that your school will not let you go? Listen to me, saints. If you don't improve your skill next year, your value will not increase. You see, that's why sometimes, you know, I, I tell people all the time, when you find people who are so interested in other people's life, it's because they are not busy. Because if you're really busy with your life, you will not even know what is going on in someone else's life. You're not busy. Say, this person has been studying his life for the past five years. You took five years to study somebody's life and engineering is five years. If you would have spent that five years in school, you would have become an engineer. You know, sometimes people call me and ask me about anybody and say, I don't know. It's ah, but you people are close. Yeah, proximity does not necessarily mean that you are prognosing in people's life. Get the job done. Skillfulness. Let me read, let me read two more scriptures and we're done. Go to First Kings 5, verse 6. Come on, is somebody challenged this morning? Hallelujah. I said, is somebody challenged this morning? Yeah. I remember one time, Sorry if you bake cake here. I know my sister-in-law bakes cake. This is not you. Somebody else. <laughs> I remember one time at a somewhere, one certain town. <laughs> they told this lady to bake cake for the baby. So the lady baked cake. You know, because today, people just feel <laughs> you can do whatever. So they, they bake the cake. And brought it to the baby. The decorations on top of the cake. The baby saw it and started crying. I'm telling you, like true story. Started crying. The decoration was scary. And how did we know? Uh, someone else wanted to make cake, and so this person's name popped up. So the person said, "Don't give the cake to that person." Say, I mean, know why I did tell you. You know, so we, we really didn't understand why. So we wanted to find out why. So I say, don't worry, don't just leave this cake matter, <laughs> leave it. And how can you design a cake for a child? And the child is scared of the cake. Because she has no knowledge of zero, zero knowledge of color combinations. An adult cake and a baby cake shouldn't be the same. Or you bake cake and you are looking for the cake inside the ice. Everywhere is icing. Or you bake cake, by the time they cut it, the ice falls apart like, like the gate of brass and the cake. I mean, skillful, just, just be skillful. Don't do stuff and people are wondering and having to pray before they eat whatever you give them. Or you cook a soup and you have to come and explain what the soup is. Say, is this Egusi? Say, no. It's close to Egusi, but come on. Don't. Be skillful. Whatever you're doing right now, there's somebody doing it for a higher price because of skill. Whether you're sewing, 
whether you're baking. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. We've got a lady in our church who bakes, and because of some of the companies around, uh, a particular bank usually appreciate their customers in that area. You know, they gave her the contract. She does it. They just send them, send the birthdays of these, their people who subscribe to them. And every month she does that. She's skillful. She does that. So almost every month she, in fact, for her, it is about getting to book on time. If not, there's no time. I remember when we were in Lagos, we were coming from Accra, I said, I'm Pastor Mary. So someone asked us to go somewhere in Lagos to go and take our measurement that they wanted them to sew shirts for us. So we entered the place. You know, we were with our kids. And the guy brought juice, brought things, brought... So I was telling my wife that, see, for this person to give us juice and give all the children cookies, you know how much we are paying for this shirt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> because, I mean... For some of us, by the time we sow and we buy one juice out of that, that's our profit. You will say that, I don't have anything this year too. It's just 700 now. I mean, that means your profit is five life. That's what it is then. Do you understand? But this one, they will give you juice. They will give you air conditioning. Sit down. Take care of you where your children are playing puzzle. <laughs> just to take measurements. Are, are you following what I'm saying? But it is the same what? Shirts. Excellence. Skill. Don't go into next year offering mediocre services. Let's read two scriptures and then we close. First Kings 5, 6. Look at what it says. It says, now therefore, command that they cut me cedars. Verse 5 tells, talk about the Sidonians, alright? From Lebanon. And my servants will be your servants. And I will give you wages for your servants according to all that they say. For you know that there's no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. Look at what King Solomon said. He said, listen, my own servant will be your servant. And we will pay your servant whatever they say. You know why I read this scripture? This was not even a big skill. Just knowing how to cut timber well was what gave them jobs with the king. Just to cut trees. Look at it here. Solomon had to go and employ them. So see, look at this very carefully, right? In the whole country, nobody could cut trees like the Sidonians. They were known for cutting trees. What, what will you be known for next year? What are you skillful at? Huh? If you are a tailor, let your measurement be straight. Hmm? If you are a barber, the same thing. If you repair cars, let them not bring something to your workshop. And by the time you finish repairing, on the way out, something else gets bad. Skill. Whatever thing you do, young people, become better, ten times better. Proverbs twenty two twenty nine says, "Seest thou a man diligent? Huh? What will he do? Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men." I don't have enough time, but this scripture, right? This scripture right here, 
Saints is the key to prosperity. Oh, yes. Let me tell you, there are two classes of men here, very quickly. What are the two classes of men here? Obscure men, no, not the skilled one. The two people you can stand before. Kings and what? Obscure men. The difference in life is who you are standing before. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, let me give you an example. If you stand before obscure men, they don't really have the resources to pay you. But if you stand before kings, they have what? The resources to pay you. Do you think, we just read something about the Sidonians now. Do you think those Sidonians will not make some good money from King Solomon? But are you not sure still in that Israel, there were people going to cut firewood for some of the women in the village? Huh? Do you think they'll be paid well? But it's the same firewood. It's the same wood. It's the same forest they will go into. It's the same timber. What will be the difference? Skill. Who will you stand before next year? You see, one reason that you might not be prosperous is the people you stand before. And I'm not telling you now, just go and tell everybody where, thank you very much, 2022, I've closed my business, I want to let people who can pay me. You will die of hunger. It's not anger, it's skill. Are <laughs> you hearing what I'm saying? So you humble yourself and improve your skill. Now this is what we happen. As you improve your skill gradually, the people who place demand for what you do will do what? Will increase. I pray that God will take these words and will help all of us that as we go into the next year, it will truly become a great year for us. Work on your heart sets. Work on your mindsets. And work on what? Your skill sets. I want to challenge you. Set a goal for next year that will challenge your mind. That will improve your mind. And I believe that God will help us to get into the new year stronger and better in Jesus' mighty name. Can we pray together? Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for my brothers and my sisters. And I'm asking, Father, that you would help every one of us this morning. These three areas that you have highlighted to us by the ministry of your word, our hearts, that whatever is clogging our heart, bitterness, selfishness, malice, wrath, slander, Lord, you would help us supernaturally to let go of it. And Father, help us to renew our minds where progress is concerned. Give us the right knowledge. Lead us to the right people that will challenge us and cause our minds to be renewed. And Father God, in the area of our skillfulness, let opportunities, let the discipline required to learn the necessary skill be brought forth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.